Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, welcome everybody back for another episode. Today, I have a fellow brown man on the line with us, uh, Dr. Mitesh Dulab. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. I want to call you Dr. Mitesh Gulabjaman, but I mean, I don't know if that would be nice of me to do or not. I, now you're pushing it. <laughs> that's just too much. <laughs> so, uh, Mitesh, you are in Charlotte, North Carolina? That is correct. And I met you through uh, one of our workshops. You initially had bought a Seric uh, machine and a cone beam machine and reached out to me then. And then uh, we had talked by email and then you decided I guess I had convinced you to come take some training from us and I and somehow I've convinced you to actually come back this coming week. We could have just done this live to be quite honest with you. With a few drinks <laughs> well, actually, or something. We met for the first time at the Serona Center here in Charlotte. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. You did the uh the, the advanced training. training. You know, we yeah. like free training. Free. It's amazing. You Indians always say free. Right? <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> So I was more than happy. And plus, it was only like five minutes from my house. So How long have you been in Charlotte? Back. I've been here since 2002. You like it there? Yeah, I love it, actually. Where'd you grow up? In the 80s, I grew up here in Charlotte. And then uh, in um, like 88, we moved to small town Georgia. My dad had a motel. And- oh, your dad had a motel. Yeah, we have pre- <laughs> we have pretty similar upbringings, actually. Yeah. So we uh, Like when yeah. you say in the 80s, you're in Charlotte, you probably weren't really in Charlotte. Where were you at? No, we were in downtown Charlotte, pretty much right off of uh, Independence. North, North, no, North Tryon. Actually. Independence was a little scary back then, man. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Then we moved to small town Georgia, and uh, I was like the only brown guy in in the town. But if you're a motel <laughs> owner, I mean, is it was it like a highway side motel or a roadside motel? No, it was actually in the in in the small town, so we were kind of far away from uh, from any interstate. So it was a small mom and pop shop. Basically. Your parents still have that. No, they don't. They actually uh, live here with us. Like literally live with you? Yeah. So I, listen, this is not what we're supposed to talk about, but um, <laughs> most of our listeners are American. Uh, yeah. And I don't think white people quite understand the concept of parents. Like like we want our parents to live with us. Right. I mean, you like, I assume you want your parents to live with you. It, it has its ups and downs, but the advantages of having them here, I think, uh, are definitely outweigh the disadvantages. I mean, for us, we have someone that can, uh, two people that can introduce culture to our kids, uh, you know, and also, yeah, they can take care of them. I don't have to worry about a babysitter. I don't have to worry about, you know, a nanny or, you know, even uh, daycare. So in that respect, we kind of save money as well, being brown. Right? So, but why, why is everything about <laughs> saving money, dude? You're not helping our cause, no, okay? No, You're not helping not. our cause. I'm just joking, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so your parents still have their motel? No, they don't. They, they, uh, they sold it. Good for them. Let me guess. They bought what year did they buy it? Eighty eight. Yeah, pretty much. Eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere around there. Yeah. What was the name of it? It was called Carroll Carroll Motel. It was in a small town called Carrollton, Georgia. And did you live in the motel? Absolutely. What room were you in? Or did you guys have a place <laughs> above the office? <laughs> we had both actually. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was like a two story uh, penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Pimp house or penthouse? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. How'd you end up becoming a dentist then? Actually, when I was in high school, one of my good friends, his dad was a dentist and just hanging around with those guys and, you know, seeing their kind of lifestyle and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, 
that might be something that I w- would like to go into. And then when I got into college, it was either pre-med or dental. And Because uh, you're Indian. Because I'm Indian, right. They didn't give you pharmacy as an option? Wasn't good at math. <laughs> <laughs> no. What kind of Indian isn't good at math, dude? I know, right? <laughs> but I really honestly didn't want to take the MCAT, to be honest with you. Um, I took a couple of practice DATs, and I felt like I could do better on that than than the MCAT. And what really scared me was the verbal reasoning section of uh, the MCAT. I just, I don't know. I didn't do well on that section. So I was just like, you know what? Did you take the DAT? I did. I never took that test. How come? Dude, I, I went into this program in UMKC. They don't have it anymore. It was a six-year program straight out of high school. And as long as you maintain like whatever GPA they had, you didn't have to take the DAT and you got into dental school. It's the best thing ever. I think, man, you're a prodigy. No, no, I, I'm no, my, my parents are smart. <laughs> they said, if we let this guy go to a normal college, he may not make it out. So <laughs> my dad always said to me, my mom always said, we're going to keep you on track. We're going to get you there. We're going to keep you on track. It's amazing how Indian parents think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. How'd you end up? So you went back to Charlotte? Yeah. So I went to dental school in Augusta and, um, at Georgia region. So whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah. Who knows what it's called, (laughs) but then, you know, I have family that's here. My cousins live here. So I would visit during either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, um, I just didn't want to go to Atlanta. Atlanta just uh, didn't sit well with me every time. My parents were living in Lawrenceville at the time when I was in dental school. So every time I went to go visit them, I'm sitting in like two or three hours worth of traffic just to get home. And uh, every time I came to Charlotte, it was like, you know, it's just kind of one of those gut feeling kind of things that, you know, it looks like this is an up and coming city. Let me just uh, give it a shot. So um, I had to take the boards at Chapel Hill. So I had to find my own patients and and things like that. So that was interesting. And what year did you graduate dental school? Uh, 2002. Okay. So you're just a few years uh, younger than me. All right. Did you start from scratch? You buy a place? What'd you do? No, I actually worked as an associate for another doctor who at the time had like five offices and I actually worked in his Medicaid office. So, uh, you know, we got a brown guy. Let's stick him in Medicaid. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, for me at the time, I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to do a GPR. I need to get out and I don't want to, uh, let me see if I can home in my skills doing Medicaid. And after six months, I was just like, you know, I didn't think I could get any faster. Um, I didn't. (laughs) It was interesting for the first six months, let's just say that. And then uh, you but st- I ended up I ended up working there for actually three more years, but he actually had other offices that were PPO fee for service offices, which made my rounds in those offices. And at the time I was thinking maybe I could, you know, become a partner in one of those offices, but things didn't work out and I just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna start from scratch. So you started from scratch. This sounds like two thousand five? 2005, I just, uh, you know, just kind of started driving around and saw some shopping centers and, you know, looked at, uh, had like three on my list and just decided on one of them. And So you're uh, in a shopping center? I am, yes. You know, and, uh, when I started, when I started opening my practice, um, my, the advice I got was you don't want to be in a shopping center because that's unprofessional. And today it's the absolute opposite. You want to be in a, in a shopping center. Yeah, I mean, you need the traffic, right? Yeah, that's that's it's interesting. Uh, is there any particular reason you wanted to be in a shopping center? Not really. I mean, for me, it was more about traffic. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a marketing expert, and you know, looking and opening up, you know, I didn't know how to look at demographics and all that stuff. I just figured that you know, shopping centers had already done all the homework for you. you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, so what's in um, your shopping center? What kind of shopping center are you in? It's a grocery store shopping center at this. Uh, are, are there any such thing as non-grocery store shopping centers? I don't know. I I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I was going to say that. I think every shopping center has a, has a tank to anchor. Uh, so what anchors? What which grocery store anchors your shopping center? Harris Teeter. Harris Teeter. So you're in an upscale shopping center. At the time, it was actually called Lowe's Foods. Like L O W E S. Yeah, Lowe's okay. Foods. They're actually based out of I thought Raleigh. Yeah, know? there's one here. They're very expensive. So it didn't actually pan out. Um, they actually survived probably, I'd say, four or five years before Harris Teeter bought a lot of their stores here okay. in Charlotte. And uh, I got lucky, man. I'm glad that they moved in because otherwise it would have been empty. empty. Uh, so that would have been very bad for you. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, Yeah, so so Harris Teeter is actually an uh, upper-end uh, grocery store. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's good. Yeah. And how have things been going for your practice? Good? Yeah, it's been going very well, actually. How long did it take for you to make money? Oh man, I would probably say after 
probably after three years. Three years. So for yeah. the first three years, you kind of broke even, basically even, paid yeah. your paid yeah. your expenses, that kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Were you working just in your practice, or are you working elsewhere too? That was the only place I was working. It's just my practice. Okay. And then what happened at the three year mark? You think it was just a matter of time, and it just started getting yeah. better? It was a matter of time, and then 2008 hit, and uh, you know, I didn't really see a decrease because of the recession. So, you know, I essentially got into a consulting group. Uh, it's called Jameson Management. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of listened to what they said and kind of I still used a lot of their principles that they taught me. But I didn't really feel that much of a hit uh, when the recession came. I, I, I don't I, I can't attribute that to anything. I don't know. But my numbers didn't go too far down. But I did notice a drop in new patients. But as far as the work was concerned, we were still staying steady. But I really didn't see things develop until probably 2010 after we implemented all those you know, consulting principles in, in the office, like period protocols and, you know, what to do when a new patient um, comes into your office. And so let's that. talk about that uh, for a second. So, sure. so you saw, you saw your practice really start, let's call it take off. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. In yeah, 2010. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, what was different from 2000? I mean, outside of the economic changes, what was different uh, in your day-to-day practice perspective? What we did was we essentially started seeing new patients on my side. So instead of the hygiene side, a new patient would, would visit me for an hour. And so we would take all the necessary x-rays and I would come up with the perio protocol and then we would route them through hygiene. And, that mean you actually um, had to perio probe your patients yourself? I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you still do this nonsense? No, I still do it, yeah. It, it pays off to me. I mean, for me... You know, I get tons of good reviews. I get tons of good feedback from patients. So they were, you know, they tell me, wow, I mean, I've never had, you know, an appointment like this. At first, I was kind of upset that I wasn't going to get my teeth clean. But seeing all that you've done uh, in this one hour, um, I really appreciate, you know, meeting you for the first time. It's, so it's different. Are, are these appointments uh, scheduled on your schedule? They are. If are they, they double booked? On, yeah, they are. They okay. Are. Yeah, they are. Usually we do it um, like with a Serac. Okay. So, if we have a, if so we you have, have the 20-minute mill, mill and glaze and all of yeah, that time? Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we try to strive for that, but if there's an opening in hygiene, certainly we're going to put a, a new patient in there. So would you, um, what percentage of your patients do you think don't get cleanings the first visit? Probably 60 70%. Oh, wow. Because if, yeah, because if we, if we get a new patient in, and let's say a patient comes in at 8.30, um, I'll do our workup. And if we have an opening at 10, we'll just ask the patient, would you like to stay? You know, as long as they're a profi, we'll, we'll invite them to stay uh, and get their teeth cleaned. What percentage of your patients are profis? I don't need like exact numbers here. Give, give rough numbers. 80%, 90%? No, 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 no. My profis are, I would, I'd probably say in the 60s or 70s. Okay, well. Yeah, we have a very good, we got a pretty strong period. Let's um, talk about that for a second. What, what, yeah. you, think, you think you seeing them is one of the main keys for you having a strong perio program. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, you know, we definitely, I, we educate them. I have my assistants educate them about, you know, what we're going to be doing as far as, you know, probing depth. So I don't have to spend a lot of time explaining all that. Do your assistants um, probe for you or do you probe? I probe. Okay. I probe. There's no machine that'll probe for you? No, but that's actually a good thought. I might get them to start probing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if legally if they're allowed to or no, not, I, but no, they're not. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Okay. I mean, this is a public podcast for God's sakes. Okay. So, um, all right. Okay. So, okay. So then they get referred to hygiene for their perio scaling, cleaning, whatever it may be. Right. And we only have an hour break, break uh, appointments for hygiene. There's no hour and a half for. You know, scaling, replaning yeah. two quadrants. So essentially, we're just doing one quadrant at a time. So it, it's tough on the patient to come in that that many times. And obviously, if we have openings, we're going to do this. If you have that many patients to do scaling, why don't you block off some time in hygiene to allow them to get two quads done or whatever? No, we can certainly do that. But why don't you? But because I got sick and tired of all the cancellations that I so, had. Oh, so on. so so why don't you have your patients prepay for that appointment? That's a good proposal. I, I you better write that down. I, you send me my check. Send me my check in the mail. I usually make them prepay if they've missed one appointment. But why so, not from the very beginning? I should do it from the beginning, but, you know. I mean, if your patients I, are I so love you so much that they're willing to come in and not get their teeth cleaned, um, then they'll be happy to pay you, you know, at least no, leave I, a non-refundable deposit for their cleaning or hygiene appointment. 
I agree with you. Absolutely, I agree. It's just, I guess, uh, I guess it's just me. Have you implemented our? And I don't know if you. Well, we'll talk about that this weekend, I think. But have you implemented any type of payment plan and payment worksheet in your in your practice? Uh, yes, we use. Um, I use Compassionate Finance. Okay. I, I use their H three program, and I also use Care Credit. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T Bone here to talk about the three D dentist digital implant continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants, but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Okay. So what percentage of your patients go in something like that? Mm, I would probably, t- if it's a, if it's a big treatment plan, probably, uh, no big treatment plans. There should be a big percentage of them. Yeah, it's a big percentage. But I mean, if it's like, uh, you know, less than $2,000 treatment plan, I would say maybe half. Okay. If it's anything above that, um, you know, when you're approaching, you know, like the $5,000 one, they're always taking advantage of the H3 or care credit. And, and when you say H3, what does that mean? Oh, H3 is just compassionate finance or comprehensive finances care credit uh, product. They're so multi-year different. with interest? Yeah. Uh, on the, um, what do you call it, financial menu that you mm-hmm. give the patient. The, you know, you get a breakdown if you want to do, uh, you know, in-office financing or if you want to do H, uh, you know, their version of care credit. And it just lets them, gives them a breakdown of payments. I got you. Interesting. So I I would almost force my patients in Perio to do that. But the problem with Perio then, it sounds like, is your your Perio fee doesn't bring those patients to that that qualify for that. Right. So that's why. And do you offer any no interest plans? Uh, Yes, we do. Through? Uh, Most of the time I just do it on my own. Through credit card? Um, uh, Yes. Automated? Yes. Automated, yes. And this is just like patients that uh, that have been with me for a while, and someone that I, I know that uh, that's that's been with the practice for a while. So, but what if I come into your practice brand new and I need Perio? I don't want to pay you for cleaning for two years. Then we usually get them on the uh, comprehensive finance program. But right? that still have that's still long term, right? Yeah, it's still long term, right? But I don't want to pay you forever. That's true. So, I, 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 but I, up, I need to set up something for you, for you for you Perio. Yeah, no, but I'm no, and but see, here's the reason I say that is because we have we we we've implemented, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, we've implemented, so we have a three month and six month no interest, uh, same as cash uh, internal program payment plan program, and so I I kind of push my patients, especially my perio patients, into that uh, because yeah. to even make the appointment, they have to give us the twenty five percent down payment. Yeah. So that would ha- that would that would take care of a lot of your no show issues. Not that you have a lot of no-shows, but yeah. your concern of no-shows. Well, the concern of the no-shows was early on when I started, when I scheduled an hour and a half for two quads of, of uh, scaling and root playing. I don't really have that issue now, but, you know, I could, I could definitely, like you said, if you get them to prepay, I could definitely book out that hour and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because who the hell wants to come back four times? I know, I agree with you. And it's been something that's been on my mind that I want to change. I call that being um, not being patient-centric. You're so patient centric right. in most of the things you're doing or you're saying, but right. this whole this whole concept. I mean, not, not that I disagree with it or agree with it, but this concept of bringing in patients on the doctor schedule 
It doesn't seem very, that seems like it puts up a barrier for patients, but it's working. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. All right. So talk to me about medical billing. So you came to our medical billing workshop, what was it, about a year right. ago now? Uh, yes, I believe it was last spring. Yeah. yeah. How's that going for you? It's going very well, man. I think you definitely laid out a really good uh, way of uh, introducing uh, to us and, and taking us to the next level with the medical billing. I, I got an introduction to that at the Serona Center with uh, with Chris Ferruzzi. Right, okay. Uh, and at the time, I didn't have a CT, so we were just going off uh, orthopentograms. As, right, the panorexes. As he would say. Yeah. <laughs> so we just were using panos. And, uh, you know, we just got a feel for doing exams and just doing the actual uh, paperwork. And then when I got the CT, you know, I just said, I got to come to your class because I know that you'll have a, a workflow for us. And, and yeah, you delivered for sure. Um, and um, so because Hutan tells me uh, that you're doing pretty well with it. Yeah. I mean, we are. I mean, uh, my uh, financial co- coordinator, Valerie, she's just really taken it to another level. Obviously, we do our part too in the in the clinical area, but I think what we're doing might be a little overkill. Um, yeah, yeah. We talked about I'm, that briefly. Yeah, I, I think I'm spending a lot more time than I need to on it. Um, on the paperwork, on the clinical paperwork side. Yeah. Especially yeah, for the exams, exactly. you certainly are. Yeah. So uh, do you have a dedicated person in your practice who runs medical billing? Oh, that's my financial coordinator. So she's the only one that does the claims and everything? She does it, and she's also training my uh, patient coordinator to do it as well. So I have two front desks, and uh, they're both working together to get uh, to get better at it. And before that, they both came to the class as well. Before that, were they were they doing any medical billing? Yes, they were. Like I said, we were just doing it off the panorexes. But you guys were doing paper claims and stuff, right? Um, yes. You're not doing paper claims now, are you? No, no. And but uh, now you're using now, you're using Cario still, correct? I believe that we are. Yes, I think so. But I also, yeah, but I also looking into this new software called Dental Writer. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Because I like the way that it seems like it integrates with EagleSoft really well and it helps with soap notes and all that stuff as well. It's overkill if you ask me, but that's just my personal opinion. Okay. I mean, you can write notes. No, you can. I'm just trying to simplify things, I guess. You're trying to simplify it by complifying it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Let me complicate it first in the effort of simplifying it, and I'll never get to the I like simplification. To and have guys like you to simplify it so I can learn from you. Yeah. It's a, so, did you expect to have this kind of success with medical billing? And let's define success. So, how do you define success? On medical billing, just getting reimbursed for, for the stuff that you're doing. Um, do, do you mind uh, sharing what your average month is on medical billing? The average month is from 8 to 10 grand. And is that consistently what you're seeing? Um, that's what, consistently what I'm seeing now. Initially, when we first came to your class, it wasn't like that. No, of course. Um, I, and I said we, that it takes about three to four months to start seeing yeah. money. And, it, and that, that's exactly when it was. You know, we started treating some sleep. And um, that's kind of what brings our numbers up is the sleep appliances. Yeah. Not to throw salt on any wounds, but we did 28 sleep appliances in December. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, that's a, it's a big number. Medical billing plays a big role in that. And what percentage of that 8 to 10 grand is exams and x-rays? I'd probably say half because half. we're probably doing one appliance a month, yeah. Okay. All right. So so what you're seeing is – and what kind of re- – so you're in North Carolina, so I know your rough reimbursements. Are you in network with Blue Cross Blue Shield? I am. Okay. So you're getting about 170 bucks for a new patient exam? Yep. And with dental, what were you getting before? Yeah, at the most fifty. Yeah, at the most fifty bucks. So, so we we increased your new patient reimbursement by a hundred bucks. Yeah, and so then also too, they have they have more benefits remaining for other work. Yeah, so now that that fifty bucks is left over to do fillings yeah. and crowns and, and all that's that stuff. When we like when that's when we when we did the medical billing just with the panner just with the panos. That's kind of our mentality going in. It was like you know we're. We're we're actually allowing patients more of, of a benefit for for their dental dental needs. So yeah, so you know the big thing is uh, in medical there is no in a sense there's no maximum, whereas in dentistry there is that thousand fifteen hundred even two thousand dollar max. So the more you can leave that intact to use towards other services, the better. Exactly. And then so so since you have a strong perio program, so you were seeing your patients multiple times per year, and some of those exams weren't covered. Right. So you're using utilizing medical for that. Right. Trying to get better at the you Thank know you. level one, two, three exams that come in. That's some of the things that we're trying to get better at as far as, you know, 
um, talking about it that at the morning huddle and figuring out, you know. Are you not using my routing slip? Yeah, we are. Then how would he get it? I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, it can't be any easier than that. <laughs> You're talking about your super bill thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Right, right. So just have those see, in the hygiene rooms. Yeah, I know. That's what we need to do. But see, the thing is, is I'm using. You know, there's a, there's a store called Kinko's. <laughs> but we don't have those down here. And they will, so there's a store called FedEx Office, and they will print those out for you in stacks, and they'll even cut them. I only know UPS stores. Okay, so you can, do your family own UPS stores now? Is that what the deal is? (laughs) So, so there's a store called the UPS store. Uh, What can Brown do for you? And um, uh, you can go in there, and they will print those out for you in triplicate and in large stacks. Uh, so that you can put them in the hygiene rooms, and then you just fill it out and give it to Valerie, and you're done. Okay, will do. All right. And what about your CTs? What kind of success are you seeing there? I'm pretty good, actually. 15, think, 20, uh, 30%, 40%? Uh, I think probably more like 20. 20, okay. 20, so that's about, yeah. And by the way, these are numbers like we realistically set for you, right? Yeah. So it's not like I told you you can get paid 50, 70, 80% of the time on CTs. No, no. No. And the exams wise, what percentage are you seeing getting paid there? Pretty good percentage, right? Yeah, I want to say more like yeah, right at seventy probably. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah. So I, I want to challenge you to do more sleep. There's much more opportunity I think, there. I think the problem that I'm having right now is um I need to get my own testing. Uh, yeah, my own did, HST. did you not did you not learn anything from me? Not that aspect anyway. But you're coming this weekend, so so you're coming to you're coming for four days this weekend, aren't you? I know. Maybe maybe you can give me one of your HST. <laughs> no, for the for the low low price of twenty five hundred dollars, yeah, somebody will give you goodbye, one. Give me a goodbye present. I don't. I'll give you Thank a goodbye God. present. All right. Thank God, this guy's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, all right. So um, that's good. So what else has been successful for you in your practice? What other advice would you give uh, some of our listeners? The other thing that I find is Sarek. Uh, I just think it's a must in practices. What uh, year did you get Sarek? I believe I got it in 2010. Okay. That's about the time when I started noticing, you know, some changes in the office as far as, uh, you know, just uh, things picking up. And I, I don't know if I can attribute it to the CERAC, but we were so excited about having it. Um, anytime we would cut a crown, I mean, we showing the patients, you know, taking them back to the lab, showing it milling. And, you know, so all that excitement, I don't know if that, I want to say that that resulted in more referrals, but, uh, you know, I, can't track that yeah but you know the beauty of it is patients want to be around excited people yeah and what do you use in your CEREC machine to do i use my CEREC machine to do uh you know obviously the crowns uh inlays and onlays do you really do inlays does anybody do inlays i don't do that much Uh, why would you say you use it for inlays and onlays when you don't use it for inlays i mean i don't use it a lot but (laughs) in certain situations i do but yeah not too frequent, you know. It's just my—it's a pet um, peeve of mine. Like I don't—I be- I personally don't believe inlays exist. I, I think they're direct actually, resins. I meant to say onlays. I know. I'm just—I'm—I'm g- I'm giving <laughs> you a little bit of a hard time, you know. No, I know, I know. So you using it for crowns, inlays, onlays. Inlays don't exist, but onlays. Anterior? Are you doing anterior work with it? Yeah, we do anterior work, but uh, I could be much, much more. Like onesies, twosies more. type of thing. Exactly, onesies, okay. twosies, and and I, I've had my fair share of color not matching and i end up just taking an impression sending it to the lab and that's you know you just click you just click mill again in a different color block stay with us we'll be right back hello podcast family t-bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training full arch express for dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice this is the golden ticket we're diving deep into full arch implants the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all-annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too. 
teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Yeah, but it, I, those cases really required some staining and glazing, and I just haven't really trained my staff to do to do much of that. To be honest with you, we also do you know implants. Mm-hmm. I, I use now that I've got the CT, I can uh, incorporate the Cerac scan and, and and put it into Cydexis and either mill out my own guide or I can uh, order it from uh, Germany. I've also been doing more of the Digi guides from uh, Burbank, Burbank Dental Lab, yeah. and they se- they seem to be working out pretty good too. Have you had an issue with those breaking or the sleeves popping out of those? I have not. No. Okay. I'm glad they got that worked it's probably out. Cause I don't, probably because I don't do enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a failure. That's because I've never done any dentistry. <laughs> All right. What, what have you seen as an effect of your practice from cone beam? I think that uh, just the medical billing side of things, honestly. So your cone beam is free is what you're saying? Yeah, honestly. So your medical billing... Does. <laughs> I, I don't understand how I can't get people to understand this. And this, listen, this again will vary from practice to practice, state to state, plan to plan. But I try to tell people that cone beam is a free technology. You just have to front the money for it. And then uh, yeah. it literally produces the dentistry and, and, yeah. and medical billing alone pays for it. Last year when I got it, well, I guess I got it, I got it in uh, December of 2015, but it's, it was a hard. It was hard for me to even do that, but I just, I was just like, I got to take the risk. I, I want to do more implants. I, you know, I emailed you and said, yeah. asked you a couple of questions. Well, you try to be Indian. You try to buy a cheaper one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I ended up buying the one that you have, and and I'm and I'm happy for uh, for for doing that. It, it's definitely paid off, and like you said, it's it's paying for itself. What's your patient's reaction to it? Oh, they love it. I mean, they're like, "What is that? Is that my? Is that my? Is that my head?" Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. That's you. <laughs> yeah. And then your team members? No, they think it's cool. They think it's cool and they think it's, uh, you know, cutting edge. And, uh, you know, I think it leads into referrals, to be honest with you. And um, leads into your patients trusting you more, to be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The team really, uh, they like it. They like it because they don't have to take any more FMXs. Yeah. Which, by the way, is more radiation than your cone beam. Right. So uh, they were they were pleased about me telling them that uh, we're going to not take any more FMXs and, uh, so they were happy about that, but they appreciate the technology too. Seeing some of the stuff that we've seen, and you know, all those lesions on previously endo, endo treated teeth, and you know, all those lesions showing up, and I'm like, "Geez, I was watching that." Yeah, it's amazing how many teeth that I found that don't hurt patients when you find lesions on the cone beam, and they're just necrotic, and they've probably been necrotic for years, and that's why yeah. they just happen not to hurt the patient anymore. Right. That's interesting. All right. So what else is, uh, what else is going on with your practice? What are some of your challenges in practice? You know, for me, it's, uh, you know, trying to get more patient. I'm trying to get to, to do more, you know, complete dentistry. I, I'm just, I, I, I think I'm kind of stuck just doing one tooth at a time. Oh, you're doing lots of fillings. Yes. You know, you shouldn't um, be doing fillings anymore, right? Oh, I know that. I've heard a lot of your podcasts. And <laughs> They have certainly uh, hit home and rest. <laughs> Why are you doing them still? I got to get an associate. So the, we were talking about that. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Why don't you have an associate? Your, your comment to me, I want to frame this, was I don't know when I'm ready for one. I would say you're never ready for one. Yeah. It's like having a kid. They literally like having a kid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, well, you, you have children, correct? Yes. Were you ready for your first kid? No, not at all. Not at all, right? So you're not yeah, ready for yeah. your first associate, but you figure out a way, correct? Yeah, you adapt. You adapt. And so what I would tell you is what you just said to me is to a certain degree an oxymoron, okay? You said you want to be able to focus on doing more complete dentistry. And the truth is many people feel that they have to transform their practice to be able to do complete dentistry. And the real truth is that's not true at all. The complete dentistry exists in your practice. The problem is you're too busy on the things that aren't complete dentistry. And that's what an associate will bring you. It'll free you up. So in essence, you know, it'll free you up to 
to be able to spend the time and focus the energy to get yourself to complete dentistry. But the beauty of it is you're going to take a little bit of a hit in the beginning, okay? Uh, it's always less than you expect and for a shorter period of time than you expect, but it'll free you up to be able to focus on the complete dentistry. And in the meantime, it's not like you're completely transforming your practice and taking a big risk. You're still creating a patient base that now where you can become a quote unquote specialist in your practice and you can get those types of cases that you want to do more of. The age old question is, is do you put the, the, which comes first, the horse or the cart? And I would tell you in this case, if you're comfortable, say, you know, I, I'll say it out loud. I asked you when we, before, in our pre interview here was, um, you know, if you took a 50 to 100 grand cut next year, would it kill you? And your answer is no, then I would say you're ready for an associate. It's a business risk, right? Have you ever made, have you ever bought money in stocks or made an investment in some business and you don't know if it's going to pan out, correct? Yeah. Back in 2005, I took the biggest risk, started right. from scratch, no so, patience at all. So, so, so that's how you got to look at, in my opinion, that's how you got to look at bringing an associate in. Right. You've got to just, it's a business, right? And you've just got to do it. You got to set aside the money. You got to say, Hey, I'm going to fund it for six months, nine months, a year, whatever it is. And the biggest risk, the, sorry, the biggest thing that you have to understand, Matesh, is you've got to be willing to give up some of your production to make sure that your associate stays busy. Right. And, and then you, you'll never look back. So I promise you that uh, if you make it a goal to have an associate by uh, six months from now, uh, you'll, you'll never look back. And you mentioned the other thing that you think holds you back is you don't have enough space. Yeah. Listening to what you told me on the pre, uh, when we were talking before the podcast started, that totally makes sense. I mean, I, you have the space. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you got if, the space. I mean, you're open. Well, how many days a week are you open? Four to five. I, okay. I work uh, alternate. Well, let's just say four. Okay. So that means you have Fridays open. Okay. Right. So you can work seven to two and your associate could come in at, 12 and work 12 to 5, 12 to 6, oh, or even we'll work, 10. We'll work, we'll work him to 8 at least. Right. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> part of that problem is getting team members that want to work that late too. That's, yeah. That's you know, so, you know, and then the other thing that happens is, at least what I found, adding a second dentist isn't doubling your practice space-wise. Right. Okay. At the end of the day, adding a second dentist added two operatories to our practice. One more for hygiene and one more for the dentist. I cut down from two operatories to one operatory. To one operatory. Okay, so basically I work, my schedule is worked out of one operatory because you are going to be doing more of the complete dentistry that you want to do. So you're going to see less patients. Okay, so in theory, generally speaking, if you were to add an associate, you would just need probably operatory and a half to be able to do it. And quite honestly, you could do it by just having an extra operatory because you may not even need to add any hygiene in the very beginning. Right. You know, people that say, I don't have the space for it, unless you in an 800 square foot building. And unless, you know, yeah. if you have five operatories, you got the space. You just have to be creative. How many ops do you have? I have five. Okay. So you just have to be creative and figure yeah, out I mean, how to do it. We as dentists just kind of need to think outside the box sometimes. We're just so but, set in our ways sometimes. What I would say is that it's not that we need to think out of the box. Sometimes we just need to sit down and think. You know, like, for example, <laughs> last week I took the week off. I took two days off from patients of my three-day work week, and but I went to the office. That was my two days to work on the practice. Right. And so what I would challenge most of our listeners, and maybe you as well, is when's the last time you took time off from patients to work on your practice? You know, we take time off to go away. We take time off to do other things, but we don't take time off to be the owner of our practice enough. Yeah, so, I can honestly say I've never done that. Yeah, so it just, you know, but think about it. If you came in one day, you could have hygiene going. And if you could spend your day at the front office working with your front team or half the day with your front team, half the day with your assistant team and just pop in and do your hygiene checks, you could actually accomplish quite a, quite a few things and get some of these goals that you want to have done, uh, kind of get them rolling. And the truth is, is we try to implement goals on a, in a, in a moving train. And we never sit down to slow the train down to be able to move it forward. Right. But Did just, you start doing that? Did you start doing that like when you 
hired an associate? I couldn't do it before that. And I didn't right. plan on doing that. That's just been a byproduct of having the associate is, hey, hey, you know, I want to keep my associate busy. I want to focus on doing more of the things I enjoy doing. You know, I take eight to 10 weeks off per year, but we don't go on vacations all of those time. Right. Uh, so like last week, I took the week off and I had one day for overflow for patients uh, because I'm booked out a little bit. So, you know, I came in on Monday and saw three or four patients and then um, uh, to be able to, so instead of saying, you know, no, I can't see you for a long time. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I came in and I didn't see patients and I kind of worked on a few things in the practice and kind of hung out with uh, team members and chit chatted with them and, and had some, just, just some informal strategic planning of what I want to see the practice doing moving forward. And uh, I, I think that time is, well, is valuable. But the beauty of it for me, the difference for me and you, Matash, is going to be that my practice still produced the money because I had somebody else in the office. Right. So there, there are multiple benefits of having an associate. How do you divvy up the new patients that come in? Like patients that come to see you is essentially, like how, how does your workflow work in the office with an associate? Um, so, so I leave it all up to the team. I don't say it's one-on-one or one me, one them. I, I don't say any of that. If they all want to see him, they can all see him. If they all want to see me, then they all want to see me. If they come from one of our marketing materials that's specifically for me or if they refer directly to me, then right. they'll put them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with me. Otherwise, yeah. they'll put them on Tuesday through Friday with him. And then okay. I also, our hygienists are instructed to choose the best dentist for the patient. So oh, my, okay. so my associate doesn't do the surgery and things that I do. So right. if a patient has surgical needs, then I'm going to go do that uh, new patient exam. If the patient's a basic restorative and things that my associate does, then they're free to get the associate to come in. So with the days that you're not there, if a hygienist makes the call that this patient requires you, then the patient has to come back and you're going to do a consult with that patient? Yeah. So what will happen there typically is the associate would see the patient, do the exam and do all of that. And yeah. uh, they would you know, say, hey, this is kind of what Dr. A is going to talk to you about. This is what he's thinking. These are some rough ballpark of what it's going to cost. And then if the patient's interested in moving forward, uh, they'll schedule them for a no charge uh, consultation with me. Okay. Because you don't know over the phone what the patient wants most no, of the time. Not. You know, if yeah. they respond from a if they respond from a very specific marketing medium, then we'll, then we know that hey, we need to tell that patient they need to come in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So most of the time, they're going to schedule on a day that you're going to be there anyway. If they're coming specifically from any marketing piece that we do, yeah. or they're specifically for me, but you know, I would say eighty percent of our patients don't come specifically for me. Eighty percent just come because they're looking for a dentist, right? Right. And right. so they get scheduled whatever's convenient for them. And then, you know, then we treat me like a specialist in the sense and that there's certain things that I do that my associate doesn't do. And as a business owner, there's certain things that I have the right to do that uh, my associate doesn't have the right to do. So in those situations, uh, that's how we handle it. it. It may not be the right situation or the right way to do it, but it makes me happy. So that's how I do it. Yeah, we got to keep you happy. Yeah, you better believe you got to keep me happy. I like you asking me <laughs> questions like that. I like it when people ask me questions. Uh, it, it's much easier. I like to hear myself talk, to be quite honest with you. So um, we all like we all like to hear you talk. No, no, no. My wife doesn't. <laughs> she, she, my wife and kids do not. All right. So um, you had talked to me. This podcast came about because you had questions about photography. And yeah, impl- I mean, implementing and, and it into your practice. Yeah, and that's kind of where one of my challenges are is trying to do more complete dentistry. And it makes sense to use photography like you're using photography in your office. I just don't know of a workflow because I'm so used to intraoral cameras and I'm so used to dropping three grand or four grand on, a, on an intraoral camera. And I'd much rather, you know, get an, a, a digital SLR and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just uh, take some full mouth shots like we do for ortho. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know more of a you know, more of a workflow on how you, on how you do it. Well, you know, photography is very important to me. Um, It's what got me started in speaking. And I would say that it's what's, it's the most important thing in what what we've developed our practice with, you know, with all the technology I have, all the fancy technology I have. uh, When anybody asks me what's the most important thing I've ever bought in my practice, I would tell them a digital camera by far is the most important thing we've ever implemented in our practice. So our rule, and when I say rule, 90% of the time, all new patients get six six photographs, yeah. Uh, and I don't do hygiene checks without uh, a photograph taken on the patient. 
Correct. Uh, so um, we don't have any intraoral cameras. In fact, I think intraoral cameras are dumb. And uh, so we have all SLRs, and we have that we have one for every operatory. And in today's world, you can get an SLR set up for about a thousand dollars. Yeah, thousand to eleven hundred bucks somewhere in that ballpark. You know, if you buy it through a non-dental company, if you buy it through a dental company, it's probably about two grand. But then there comes the service and support. Whereas when you buy it from an online company, it has no service or support. So the question is: is let's say a patient walks into hygiene. And the hygienist, you know, I like my I like my hygienist to at least show or take some pictures of inflammation, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the lower anterior, and I like him to show an aftershot of what they've done, just so the patient mm-hmm. can see. Look, I you know worked our butt off in here for trying to clean up this uh, this tartar on your teeth. Build build a sense of trust, but that's what I'm saying is I guess your hygienists are really good at taking these pictures with the digital SLR because it's really easy to point and shoot and just get. For my hygienist, anyway, with our system, with the intro with the intro camera, yeah, but it's yeah. no different with the SLR. It's just a slightly larger camera. I mean, not slightly. I mean, it's a it's a larger camera. And for me to say that they're all better at it, I mean, none of them came to my practice with experience in that. None right. of them. Uh, they all came and learned it uh, because. And then they take the picture, and then they, you got. I'm sure you have an SD card reader. Then you reload it into yeah. the software, right? Yeah, we load it right into EagleSoft. Okay. And or you, if you have an iFi card, you don't even have to take the card out. Yeah. Uh, the iFi yeah. card will automatically transfer to your desktop, and then you can load it directly into EagleSoft from there. So we treat it. You know, are you using EagleSoft? Yeah, we have EagleSoft. So it, it's no, it looks no different than EagleSoft. I mean, then what you do, you just have an intraoral camera capturing directly into your template. We just have JPEGs from our digital camera in our template. And so what we do is we create templates, just like you have a Bitewing template. Right, right. We have a photographic template. We have a photo template uh, yeah. for our patients. I guess the what's holding me up is that, and it shouldn't hold me up, but I, it's probably the fact that you still got to transfer that image. You don't really have to. But here, here's what I would say. Your hygienist has taken how many pictures? But right. You know, the main, the main complaint you're going to get from that, and, and as far as I'm going to get, is, is time. You know, we don't ever have enough time to do this. Do you get? I'm sure you get that, right? Yeah, I just don't listen to them. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, but l- listen, it, it, anytime you start something new, it's going to be that way, right? No, it, you're absolutely right. So they just have to get to a point where they're... You, they just have to understand for the first six months, they're going to have to work through it. And they'll never look back. The analogy I use, and it's not necessarily a great analogy. It's when I when I move towards making my hygienist wear loops and headlights. So our hygienists yeah. have to wear loops and headlights. And they're like, oh, my God, it doesn't work. I'm slower with it. And now... Now they can't work without it. Now they can't. They, they literally can't work without it. And and the same thing with the camera. They can't They can't communicate to the patients without it. So let's back up here, okay? So let's talk about our new patient photos that we take on every patient. So I think one of the things, okay, I want to back up even more, okay? If you want to be successful at implementing digital photography into your practice, there's a couple of things you're going to have to do. One, you cannot share cameras. Right. Okay, so you're going to have to have a camera for every provider. Right. Okay, or every operatory, however you want to look at it, okay? Number two... You need to have enough retractors and mirrors to get through an entire day. So your hygienist sees what? Eight patients a day? Eight sets. So you need eight sets of retractors and mirrors. Okay. Otherwise, oh, I didn't have retractors. Oh, the mirrors were in the sterilization. <laughs> you know, all that excuse comes up. Okay. Yeah. So, so the first and foremost, you have to set yourself up for success. And that means you cannot allow any excuses. Okay. So you're going to have to have a camera for every operatory. And you're going to have to have enough retractors and mirrors to last the entire day. So there can be no excuses. Okay. And then you're going to have to, you're going to have to be tough and hold people accountable. And that means if you go into a hygiene room and the picture's not ready, walk out. So in the beginning, when I did this, my hygienist was one of my hygienists would say, well, the patient doesn't have anything. Everything's great. I said, then take a picture of how great their gums are. Take a picture of how good their gums are. You know, at a minimum, I say, no matter what, I want this picture every time. Right. Uh, and that way we have a baseline record of what a patient looks like every time they come in. So we can track recession photographically. We can track where 
photographically. We can track some of those things, you know, with photos, photo documentation. Uh, so I, I think those are some of the things that you're going to have to do to be successful. Number two, I think you're going to have to set up a baseline series of photographs. Just like you said, like you have an orthodontic series. I assume you do Invisalign, correct? Yeah, yeah. So Invisalign has this set of nine photos, I believe it is, that you have to take. Right. And that's what we've been doing for our, you know, for our new patient visits. Okay. So I would say that some of those Invisalign photos aren't conducive to your new patient visits. So well, we don't in, do like the profile, the mug shots. We just kind of do like a smile and the regular intraoral shots. Yeah, but I want you to take your. So here are the six photographs we take. We take okay. the mug shot, okay, the straight on yeah. mug shot, okay. <laughs> we take the smile photograph. We take a retracted front photograph with the teeth separated, okay. not not in bite, okay, with the teeth right. separated. We take an upper arch, a lower arch, and we take what I call the hygiene shot which is the um, the linguals of the lower anterior teeth in the mirror. Okay, so three of those photographs are with mirrors. The upper arch is with the mirror, the lower arch is with the mirror, and the uh, hygiene shot is with the mirror. Got it. The other three are without mirrors. So that's our new patient series. Okay. And then so... Uh, that that we set baseline. Just like if you tell your if you tell somebody in your office, hey, I need a new patient X-rays, they know yeah. exactly what that means, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So so the same thing here. I would say that we have a new patient uh, photo series, and every team member should know what that series is. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then what you'll find is if you take these photos well, and I'm not talking about like AACD quality well. I'm just talking about well. Okay. Yeah. You you won't need intraoral cameras. At all. Just started to learn that. I mean, you can just zoom in on any tooth you want to, and it shows up really clear. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you taking your ortho photos with? Well, I, I did have a Nikon camera, but I had it set. I didn't even use – I didn't have a ring flash, nothing. Um, I just had – I used – I put it on a setting, a uh, manual setting, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of figured out what works. And essentially, I was the one taking all the pictures. and so Yeah, you got to stop that. Yeah, I got to stop that. So – I went out and bought me a Christmas present, uh, a Shofu camera. <laughs> oh, that's actually a nice camera, by the way. But it's like yeah, twenty five hundred uh, bucks, right? I know it's expensive, but you know what? It is. It's really nice. And so then, buy those for your team members. I like your option better, by, but it looks it's like much bigger. Camera. That Shofu camera is nice. It's nice, and it's very useful. And it's small. There's not. There is not very much training at all that I need to do with that thing. So I would tell you this that it's worth twenty five hundred bucks versus yeah twelve thirteen hundred bucks because yeah I mean just using it in January just I'll just it's a no brainer that camera is just really really I may really have nice. to consider getting one for myself the, for the, the office the feature the shade matching feature on that thing where it it's it's incredible is it yeah it, I mean because what it does is it it blacks out the gum it makes the gum tissue and everything else that you take black and white mm -hmm. and the teeth are it keeps the color of the teeth. I have to look into so that thing. Maybe somebody from Shofu will listen to this and call me. I can bring it bring it this weekend. Yeah, bring it this weekend, if you don't mind. Okay. Maybe we can exchange it. You give me an HST, and I'll give you the camera. <laughs> I actually thought about that for a second. Wait a minute. I have some used HSTs I can give you. I don't want used. What else you got for me on photography? That's about it. Uh, you know, I just wanted to know, you know, how, how the workflow was. What about, okay, what about for you and your associate? Uh, like, let's say your associate doing a crown. Does he take a before and after and, and use that camera or the assistant uses that camera? He has his own camera. Okay, so that, that's that the just, practice provider. Everyone's using DSLR because you yeah. don't have intraoral. So, I mean, there's, no. not many, there's not many more questions I got for you. <laughs> 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 it sounds like it sounds like uh, intraorals just suck. No, no, it's not that. It, it's it's not. Intraorals are fine, but intraorals are diametrically opposed to what you said to me earlier. You said right. you want to do more complete dentistry, okay, because you're tired of doing single-tooth dentistry. The reason no, you're doing single-tooth dentistry is because you take single-tooth dentistry photographs. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so intraoral cameras are good for showing a single tooth. So that's why you do single-tooth dentistry. Okay, the DSLRs or normal cameras are good for showing quadrants 
or full mouths or full arches or com- a complete picture of your patient. So when you right. take a complete picture of your patient, they start doing complete picture dentistry because you start talking complete picture dentistry. You know, patients just want to be led. They will do, if they trust you and you build that trust, they will do exactly what you want. It's just that you can't push their timeline. They're, they're going to go at their timeline, whether that's oh, yeah. slow, whether that's fast, whether it's some of it, none of it, or all of it. They're going to do that. You know, the other thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get a printer and you're going to have to print these photographs out. Yeah. And see, the nice thing about those photographs is we print them out and we'll circle the teeth and we'll put phase one, phase two right on the photograph. Okay. So, so that way it will staple it right to our financial sheet. So the, to the treatment plan. So when they look at the treatment plan, we'll have like phase one on the treatment plan and we'll have phase one marked on the photograph. We'll have phase two on the photograph and then we'll have phase two marked on the treatment plan. So that way the patient can put one and one together and say, okay, this is what I'm doing in the first phase. This is what I'm doing in the second phase. And see, these aren't like silver bullets. What these are, these are little things that you implement over time that yeah. suddenly six months, nine months, a year down the road, you're like, wow, how do we suddenly get from doing this way to being doing this way in a positive manner? And it's the right. little the little things you do along the way. And I can't tell you. And then, the, okay, and then another thing you're going to have to do with photography as well is do you have, how many computer monitors do you have in every room? Currently, I have two. Okay, so you have a patient education monitor, correct? Yes, I do. Okay, so I was going to say the other thing that you have to have with photographs is you have to have also a way to show your patients in a computer, in a patient education monitor, uh, which yeah. it sounds like you already do. Yeah. So you need you to be able to show a, your patients. Do you use like the iFi card and an iPad? You know, I had so much trouble with my iFi cards, I got rid of them. Uh, okay, so, so you so, just use an SD reader then? Yeah, we just use an SD reader, put it right directly into EagleSoft, and then pop it up on a thing. Uh, the iPad idea is a great idea. Uh, I heard first from Gary Takics talking about it. I just never got it going because the iFi cards... We're, we're, because again, we have six cameras in the practice. So yeah. it, I, I don't know if that was part of the issue that we did, had trouble with the iFi cards oh, or what. Conflicting with each other. Maybe probably. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that kind of brown. Where I know tech support. <laughs> <laughs> Where I know tech support. Uh, another brown joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make brown jokes all the time. Why not? <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, Matesh. You, you, you're at a point now where you trust me because I've proven it to you, uh, with medical billing and, and you'll see this weekend with sleep and stuff. Uh, I'm yeah. telling you the photography, it's, it's, it's bigger than all of it. In fact, I, I shouldn't say it's bigger than all of it. It is additive. Okay. Right. Yeah. When you start showing patients pictures, pi- pictures to patients of missing teeth and their bite changing. And when you can start showing patients their recession and why I like the retracted view with their teeth separated. Yeah, it shows wear. It shows orthodontic rotations. It shows recession. It shows so you know. There's a purpose behind everything. You know, the purpose is the smile shows the smile, right? The face is also we know who's coming in. The retracted view with the incisal edges is about doing night guards and recession and things like that. The upper arch, lower arch are pretty self-explanatory. The hygiene shot is about showing hygiene. You know, all, all of that stuff is uh, pretty down the line. I mean, it's all logical. Right, right. Hey, let me ask you a quick question on sleep. Sure. Um, you said then in December, right? Uh, yeah. You had 23 sleep. 28 uh, cases. 28 cases. So in that situation, how many H- HSTs do you have? Three. You have three? Yeah. That thing's being checked out a lot. Yeah. we Our goal is to have it gone all the time. And do you normally do a two-night study? One or two, depends. I mean, typically, we're looking at it from a screening perspective, so we're doing lots of one-night studies. Yeah. Uh, but there will be times where we'll specifically request a two-night study. And you already have a relationship with someone in someone uh, to read it. Yeah. sleep position? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean... That's it, where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm just trying to find someone, someone locally. Um, but you don't have to find somebody locally. No, you don't. Right now, we're using a company called Easy Sleep. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's a that's a barrier. I mean, I'm not, and this is not about this is not against the company. But you have to no, make a phone. It's just one of, it's it's, one you of have to make phone. a phone call. They have to mail yeah. it to your patient. It's like two hundred fifty, no, three hundred dollars. You know, and then your patient has to send it back, and then you might get the result like a couple of days later, and then by that time, you and your patient have forgot about it. <laughs> it's 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 counterintuitive to what we believe and you've got the medical insurance piece already in place. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do will drastically change 
what you're going to do is sleep. Hey, here's what I'm going to tell you. You need an associate, dude. What other, what else you got for me, man? No, that's it, man. I, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you inviting me onto this podcast. Uh, you know, I've never done anything like this. and uh, It wasn't that bad, was it? No, not too bad at all. I yeah, it wasn't even tough on you. I, I think, I th- I'm telling you, man, you need to get an associate. You need to be serious about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not this one of these, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, blah, blah, blah. You need to actively look because it's, a six, it's six months to a year to get one. So by the time you start looking, it's too late. So, and now's the time because they're going to be getting out of school or, you know, they're going to be leaving their job where they're at in a few months. So just be serious. Get with your Patterson or Shine person, uh, with your mm-hmm. dental rep and say, Hey, listen, I need to get somebody. And if nothing else, go through the process of interviewing people because, um, it'll help clarify what you want and don't want. Never, never close your eyes to opportunity. Uh, because I, I got one for one day a week when I started because I want, I didn't want to be closed on Fridays. And then it turned into two days. And next thing you know, I was working three days myself because I had somebody there Thursday and Fridays. And next that thing person you know, that you had that was for one day. They, is that the same person that worked more days or? Yeah. Yeah. That person went from one days to two days. Okay. And then went to four days. So I'm, I'm assuming that other, that person that you had that was with one day. He had that another job. Working, yeah, they were working somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and now, you know, but 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 looking back, I wouldn't have brought somebody in for just one day back, looking back. I, I would have just gone in for two or three days or four days to begin with. Yeah, that, that's what I would do looking back because he, here's what I believe. if and, and I don't want you to use numbers, okay? But if your practice is doing more than 1.1 million in collections, yeah. then you're ready. Then you're ready. Yeah, one to one point two, somewhere in that ballpark, is when when I find that. Uh, and as long as you're not running it like horribly, then you're ready because it's actually you're past ready. Because the, you know, for you to grow now is going to require you to do different types of dentistry. And the name of the game isn't for you to work more; it's for you to work smarter, not harder. So you're going to have to you know cut down on fillings and crowns. So that you can do more complete dentistry and things like that. And what you'll find is, is that you can make the same and produce the same in three days as you do right now in four to four and a half days. Yeah, that's ideal. That's perfect. Then, but you got, you got to make the first step. Otherwise you're never going to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will see you, um, Thursday, correct? That's correct. Yes. You're going to be here for four days. I don't know what the hell you're going to do. It's a long time with me, dude. You're going to hate me by then. I'm sure I won't. I'm sure you'll probably get be ready to get rid of us. That that is uh, <laughs> quite possible like, that we will. These people leaving. Yeah. Got these people till Sunday. Yeah. So, Matesh, how does how can somebody get in touch with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? I, my email is uh, m d h u l a b at uh, gmail dot com. Okay. And uh, you can also reach me on my cell, which is seven zero four seven seven one. Six nine zero five. If you have any questions about you know anything medical, I can try to help you. Uh, <laughs> I think we've kind of uh, you know got the basics down, so we could certainly. Here's what I would say that you've system. done very well is is you've gone back and done it, and from what Hutan tells me in a big way. Uh, so in terms of the number of claims that you're creating, you you really you really got the philosophy down and the workflow down. So that that's good. So I think. Um, you know, we have good success with our medical billing program, generally speaking, uh, but not everyone implements it at a level that you're doing it in terms of just making it happen with your team members and stuff. So I would say your number, your numbers will double as soon as you get serious about sleep. And are you, are you doing your surgical claims? Yeah, that's another thing that we're, we're not having as much success, but we're having some. You know, you, it's hard to get the uh, the one implant. Uh, no, one implant's like a one-off, yeah. 1% right. of the time, 2% exactly. of the time. But your right. bone grafts? Yeah, the bone grafts, that's working. But again, that goes to the question of complete dentistry. You know, I'm not. I'm just putting one implant here and there. I'm not doing multiple ones. Uh, and that's kind of hurting my surgical reimbursement. Yeah, but you're, well, you're taking out teeth and doing bone grafts, correct? Yeah, we're doing that, yeah. So then you should be filing all those claims. No, we are with that aspect. I'm talking about the implant surgery. Yeah, yeah, but implants, listen, dude, don't expect that to get paid by medical insurance, even for full arches. It's a pain in the butt. 
You know, focus on the things that we know have a 10, 15, 20, 30% or higher success rate. Implants, one, two, four, five, six units, they're hard to get paid. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're here or there, you know, so they're, they're, they're tough. So, well, Matash, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great. You were a good, good sport. And, uh, I have a few favors to ask of everybody listening. One is if you could help us expand our reach. I think we have a great podcast and great information to share. Um, so if you could help uh, other dentists subscribe to our podcast, uh, that would mean the world to me. Uh, number two, if you could go on iTunes and leave a review, one star, two star, three star, four star, hopefully five stars uh, about what you think about this podcast, that would be great. We want to uh, get our iTunes ranking up, just like each one of you ask your patients for reviews. We want to ask you to do a review. And then if you want to learn more about our workshops and how we can help you practice grow, don't hesitate to uh, to consider giving 3D Dentists a, a try, and uh, uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, just know that when you come, it'll be just like the podcast. I am no different in person as I am on uh, the podcast. I will be uh, uh, working to push you to be better. So, uh, uh, Matesh, again, thank you very much, and uh, thank thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.